things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, family? Chotty here. Welcome to the latest season and the latest episode of I Crying Corners. Uh, we're currently working through the theme, What Happens When? Um, yeah, pretty much I pick that theme because crap will hit the fan eventually and I want you to be prepared. It's like a super spiritual concept. You're welcome. Anyways, um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, I will be your uh, captain for this uh, episode and all episodes. Um uh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, if you've been here a while, hey, buddy, how are you? It's good to see you. Okay. Anyways, um, uh, what happens when? I'm being kind of dead serious about things eventually hitting the fan because uh, life and ministry and life and marriage and life and people um, and life, pretty much life, all the lives are hard. Uh, it's hard. And we have to be mature and rooted in our faith to be able to navigate them um, like Jesus did and navigate them with love and peace, uh, self-control, and all the other epic gifts of the Spirit that I can't remember right now, but I want them all, and I want to function in them. Um, full disclosure, <sighs> I'm not like, um, hmm, how do I say this? I'm not like giving you life advice from the peak of some mountaintop moment. I'm currently incredibly tired. Um, I almost didn't make this episode. Like, uh, I almost put out, please don't be mad. Um, see you next week. I'm exhausted. Um, I've had a lot going on in my life and in my work and in my life. And I'm being completely transparent and I want to crawl in bed and begin some obscure sitcom from season one and not come out of my bedroom until maybe Tuesday. It's not bad stuff, just real life stuff. And Sometimes I don't always want to do life stuff right now. So in an attempt to continue to push us all forward, push myself forward, inspire even myself, I'm going to trek along and I'm going to do this episode because that's what I do. I press on and um, hopefully I will learn something in the process of this episode as I need this probably more than you do. Okay, I'm not going to cry. Here we go. Okay, so today I'm talking about what happens when you're alone. This is... Uh, last week was what happens when, what did I say? What happens when you say yes to hard things? Okay. So today I'm talking about what happens when you're alone. And since I know what happens, uh, as this topic, uh, I've sadly fallen into this a lot in my adult life. And I'm going to press through and share what happens when you're alone because alone isn't good. It's, um, not what God intended for us. And it's not what God intended for me or you. And my hope is by the end of this episode, we both feel not just feel, forget feel, that we're super encouraged. And um, and then when we're done, I'm going to go wash my hair, kiss my husband, hug my cat, get in bed, and just wash this day away in the name of Jesus. Anyways, it wasn't a bad day, guys. I'm just really tired. Have you ever been so tired that's like, you don't even know what's going on at this point? That's my level of mental tired that I am. But Jesus is on the throne, and I love you. So we're going to bust this joker out. Okay. If you listened to the last week, you know I talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, I call her saint because she was blessed and highly favored. Today I'm talking about the soloist, Eve. Homegirl was so low. She was by herself. Uh, I freaking love Eve because uh, she got caught alone, uh, which I have before. And as a result, uh, the one she loved and her legacy suffered. 
And I've learned a lot from her moment. I've learned a lot from her life. I used to really kind of hate her, kind of wanted to punch her dead in the ovaries when I get to heaven. But um, I have found that uh, Eve is a lot like me. I have believed lies and made bad decisions because of the lies. And my hope is that, oh, you guys get this because this is a good one. All right. Where do I start? Uh, I've learned a lot from this moment. Okay, so being alone is a real thing. Getting caught alone is a real thing. The enemy will do anything and everything to catch you slipping. So before I even really truly jump into this episode, you need to know a couple really, uh, I wanted to tell you a couple things. A couple things because of the season I'm currently in. Um, You know, like a hard season, not a bad season, just a wilderness season. And it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. It's just a God thing. And sometimes God walks us through hard seasons to test our faith or whatnot. But um, when you are the most overwhelmed and you want to go hide in a hole like I do, um, um, somewhere, sometimes the best things you can do is tell a few people. Um, so I've done that. I've done that this week. I've walked over to a couple of people I truly love and I'm accountable to. And I've said, hey guys, I'm a little stressed. I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm not feeling 100%. And this does not make me weak. It makes me human. So in case you're out there and you're overwhelmed and you're not feeling the best or the most spiritual, um, God doesn't need you to be perfect. He just needs you to be obedient. He needs you to follow and... Um, it just makes you human, man. And number two, I wrote down, I said, tell people that you know who actually care. Uh, don't share your moment with everyone and their mother. I'm freaking doing this on the podcast. Oh, my God. I'm not even paying attention to what I'm said. Um, pretty much, you tell people that'll pray for you. Okay, for the sake of transparency, you just got to tell people, man. You just got to tell people that you're not feeling 100%. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you like less or God can't use you. I mean, God used David and he slept with Bathsheba, Icky. And I just, I feel like you just got to move forward and God will use obedient people. And yeah, one, when you're um, not feeling the best, it doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. Two, tell some people that can keep you accountable and pray for you. Not the ones that'll be like, oh, you know, they ain't feeling too good. They're kind of gangster. You shouldn't maybe even talk to them. No, you talk to the people that are going to pray for you and love you and keep you encouraged. And thirdly, it's okay to ask for help. No one needs you perfect. We just need you spiritually and mentally healthy. So what does that mean for me? Uh, that means that uh, I am taking time to seek God on things that I don't understand. And I'm listening to a lot of worship music. And I called a couple of my closest friends and was like, hey, I'm having a bad day and a bad couple days. So just pray for me. And this is what I'm working through. Um, because sometimes circumstances, man, they weigh you down or they put in and push you back, but God is constantly pushing you forward. So that being said, uh, we find, uh, Eve in Genesis three, walking around the garden. This is how my life feels lately. I'm just walking around, just walking around minding my business. I don't know where Adam is. I'm just over here looking at some fruit. <laughs> Anyways, her and Adam have just been given an incredible mandate. They're literally living within the most amazing natural and supernatural interweaving and father God is like walking among them. It's utopia. All is well, and then all of a sudden, Eve is found in a vulnerable place and a bit alone. And the enemy decides that this is the right time to catch her off guard. Did you hear what I said? He caught her off guard as she wasn't expecting it. I think that's one of the reasons why I pushed forward to do this episode, because I don't want to be caught off guard. I want to make sure that whatever I'm doing is for the king and the kingdom. And sometimes life is hard, and sometimes 
uh, things aren't always easy, but it's in this story that we find that alone doesn't allow you to do a lot of things. Actually, doesn't allow you to do four things, and I wrote them down. But I'm going to go ahead and just read the story real quick, and then I'll jump in. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did you really say you must not eat from the tree of the garden of good and evil? And the woman said to the serpent, you may eat from the trees in the garden. God did say, you must not eat from the true tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Then she went on to say, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. No, he said, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Sometimes I wonder, like, was she completely alone in this situation? Where was Adam in this situation? You know, I look at this story all the time and I constantly go back to it like, God, she caught in that moment. Like, how did she get there? Did she like bring him along? I don't know. I have lots of questions about this story once we get there. But initially we find her alone having a conversation with a snake, which is creepy. Can I just say that? Just curious as I read this. But why is she even talking to the enemy? Why do we do that? Like, she didn't get creeper vibes from him. <laughs> also, what a weird question to ask her. Why is he asking her questions about a tree? Guys, number one thing that happens when you're alone, number one thing happens when life gets hard, um, uh, you're not able to discern things. All of a sudden, you just like, you don't, You all of a sudden, you're just like looking at a white van with no windows that says candy on the side, and you're like, this seems real legit. <laughs> I mean, like, what happens when you aren't really paying attention, when you're not really listening to God, when you find yourself alone and talking to a snake, you find yourself blinded uh, by people and circumstances, and they set you up for a fail. See, alone doesn't allow you to discern, and that's a serious thing because God needs you to be discerning what's right and what's wrong and what's forbidden and what's the right steps you need to take, and people are following you. Um, And so... I need you to understand that if you find yourself in a situation and things are hard and you can't discern what God is saying and you can't discern where you should be going, you can't even discern who's talking to you. That's a problem. Okay, hold on. And let me take a step back. I'm an introvert. Um, I'm all for taking time to recharge. But my default setting, if I'm honest, is um, just to go, not just to go away for like a day or two, but like I will like become a recluse for like weeks and months and not talk to anybody. It's very much part of my nature, which isn't the healthiest or the smartest. I now know that at 38 years old. But I say this because if the enemy can catch you alone in a place you aren't supposed to be near anyway, you'll get stuck and you'll make some bad decisions. Like I kind of wonder how she got to that tree. Where did Adam come along in this situation? Like how many times in your life are you walking along and the enemy just like kind of like nudges you and says something and you're like, yeah, that sounds legit. And all of a sudden you find yourself in front of something forbidden. I've always wondered like, was she next to the tree? Did the tree walk up on her? I mean, how weird is this interaction? But if you find yourself struggling with life and you default to begin, uh, oh, you start abandoning your community, I promise you the enemy will walk right up to you like a complete weirdo, just like the situation, offer you something forbidden, and will tell you that it's not going to affect you or your legacy. But the truth is the enemy's looking for every reason to just have a conversation with you. And most of those conversations, my friend, happen when you are alone. 
Um, the other thing that alone does, uh, the woman, I, here she is, she's talking to the serpent. The serpents just talk to her, and then she she talks back, and she says, oh, you can eat from the fruit of the tree. Um, the second thing is alone makes you question what was said. She's sitting here telling the serpent, like, what was said. I think it was T.D. Jakes that said, um, when you don't know what God is saying, go back to what he already said. And I wonder if she was explaining the forbidden stuff and an idea popped in her head. It was maybe like, uh, this is not that bad. It's fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Why is she even talking to the friggin' snake? I'm still on this. <laughs> She's taking time to explain to the serpent. And like, he knows what God said. Not only does he know what God said, is God is the one who created this whole Eden scenario. Not Alone not only causes you to not discern the circumstance with clarity, but it causes you to invite dialogue with the enemy. Oh my God, that's so good. What did I just say? Hold on. What did I say? When you're alone, uh, it causes you not only to not discern the circumstance that you're in with clarity, but it causes you to invite dialogue with the enemy. Oof, that is good. When you're alone and you're not seeking God in the alone, you will get caught slipping and you will start having convos with someone or something that is about to leave you without. Um, see, the question was a setup. He was setting her up. The enemy is trying to set you up with questions and concerns and things that you don't even need to talk about or see about or even deal with. How many times in our lives do we step into a circumstance that led to another circumstance or led to another circumstance or an issue or before we realized that we're living a forbidden life? For example, this is what I'm thinking about when I say this. Um, see, alone makes you question what was said. See, sometimes you find yourself in situations where you start questioning something that you would never question before. See, uh, let me see. What was an example? Yeah. So an example of that would be affairs. See, affairs don't just happen in one day. It starts with a thought. It starts with a convo. It starts with an email. It starts with a text. It's like a thing that leads to a thing that leads to a thing. See, sin comes in waves. And the more you're able to get away with, the more sin keeps becoming more tangible. And it's no longer bad. I wonder if Eve, as she continued to have this conversation, and it may have been a little weird at the get, and then she just kept having it until eventually she's standing in front of that fruit and it wasn't weird anymore. Sin looks like a conversation. It tells you that sin is culturally okay and God must not be up with the times. Sin has been around a long time and it knows the games to play. It also knows that if you're alone and in your head and you're not surrounded by accountable people, you'll start to engage in the wrong convos and ultimately it will lead you to death. You know, we find her having this conversation with the serpent. And then in verse 4, he says, You will not certainly die, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Look, that wasn't, gosh, guys, that wasn't a lie. What the devil said to her wasn't a lie, but it wasn't the truth. See, when you're alone, number three, you'll subscribe to random truths. You know, everybody and their mother has their own personal truth. There's only one truth. His name is Jesus. There's no, everyone has their truth. Truth is not relative. Truth is black or white. And the enemy was trying to make her question truth. It wasn't false what he said. It just, I mean, technically she wouldn't die, but she did encounter death. She didn't die, but she died. And God many times will tell us the truth, but mask it in a loving way that doesn't scare the bejesus out of us. Can you imagine if God would have just been like, okay, Adam and Eve, hey, cool, cool. So look, um, don't eat from the tree in the middle. Yeah, that one over there, don't eat it. Okay, this is why you don't need to eat it. 
Because if you eat it, you will immediately feel shame and nakedness and sin will then engulf the world and you'll be living like somewhere else. You're going to totally be evicted from Eden. Okay, thanks. And that's where it'll be like crickets, crickets. And Adam and Eve will look at each other and be like, what's nakedness? Because they didn't know what nakedness is. First of all, shame, nakedness, and sin aren't even things in the story at this point. They haven't even experienced that. That's why God wouldn't ruin their innocence and drop that bomb. Think about all the things that we walk through that God's like, you know what? This would scare the crap out of them. Let me not tell them. He's not keeping it from us because he's a butthole. He's keeping it from us because he loves us. Uh, He didn't tell them. uh, He didn't lie to them. He knew that death awaited them and it was forbidden. He kept it simple so that they would understand. The devil was just trying to change it and manipulate it. And that's what he does when you're alone. He manipulates truth with half-truths. Also, truth in the kingdom takes a level of faith that temporal people don't understand because it makes them feel like they're not in control and uncomfortable. And that's okay because the truth um, is God and God is good. And that's the truth. God is good and God wants the best for all of us. And in the case of Eve, he was trying to help her cultivate a level of faith that would uh, later help her understand the why behind the hidden fruit instead of the serpent shelling out twisted truths that made her think, God wasn't looking out for her best or looking out for us. When life is hard and you're alone, um, it's like, how do I say this? It's like all of a sudden when you're alone, you stop thinking all the awesome things that God said are not true anymore. Have you ever been, have you, has that ever happened to you? Where you're like, no, God, I don't feel like more than a conqueror. No, God, you said I'd have exceedingly abundantly above everything I could ask or imagine. I did not imagine this scenario, Jesus. That's my head. That's what I do when I'm alone. These are the things I think about. Or Psalms 1 that I constantly quote to myself that no matter what I do, I'm going to prosper. I can't tell you how many times in the past, I don't know how long, I've been like, mm Jesus, I do not feel like I am prospering right now. I feel like a sad bear. I am overwhelmed. Where is the prospering Jesus? And Jesus is like, hey, 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 change your filter. It's not about the temporal. It's about the kingdom. Alone will cause you to feel like your feelings are dictating the truth instead of Jesus. Mm. Okay, that's for me. I'm going to go ahead and process that by myself. Oh my God, that's so good, Jesus. You're so freaking right. Our feelings are not what dictate our truth. Jesus is what dictates our truth. So be careful. Let's be careful. I'm going to be careful and you're going to be careful. Let's not believe the lies of the enemy that we aren't living from a place of victory. And I say that with complete knowledge that I've had a super rough week and I'm going to totally crawl into bed after this, but our feelings are not God. God is God. Don't get yourself alone. Subscribing to truths that are not the kingdom. Do not do that. Do not be that person. Okay, so there's another one. I have four. Okay, so don't sub- What did I say from the beginning? Hold on. I hope you're writing this down. I'm sorry this is discombobulated. One, alone doesn't allow you to discern. Two, alone makes you question what he said. Three, alone subscribes to random truths. And four, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree, uh, was good for food. She was like, oh, I can ingest this and it won't kill me. It's like gluten. She said it was pleasing to the eye. That's so sad. And it was also desirable for gaining wisdom. Not, Hey, guys, you don't need to know everything. Not everything needs to be known. Some things God just wants you to um, unravel in a way that your maturity and your integrity could actually embrace it. That's not in my notes. I just feel like that's for someone. She also gave it to her husband. Okay. Oh, my God. Alone, number four, causes you to drag others in. 
She said then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings. If you don't discern, if you don't stick with what God is actually saying, if you don't stay rooted in the real truth, alone will cause you to not only ingest forbidden things, but sin will cause you to drag others in. Straight up. And that's the thing about sin. Uh, for a moment, you won't even feel shame. You won't even feel nakedness. Um, but in a moment, you'll be evicted from what God has built for you. But that moment is fleeting. And in that brief moment, you'll pass the fruit to others. And that's all she wrote. So I need you to hear me. Okay, hold on. I need you to hear me. Being alone in life is dangerous, not just for you, my friend, but for those you love, those you lead, those who are watching you and believing the best. It's a lot of the reason why I came home tonight out of after an incredibly long week of travel and work transitions. And um, I don't do change well at all. I think I, I think I wrote about it in the book. I don't necessarily, I'm not really flexible. Like they did my, uh, what is an EQI? Where it's like emotionally, whatever, and like flexibility is like the worst. I'm like, I'm not real flexible. I'm very black and white. I'm what you uh, millennials call an eight. So like, it's just real black and white for me. Um, <laughs> so it's real hard for me to deal with change. Now I deal with it because I'm a grown up, but it's hard for me. And so that's the week I find myself in this week. And I think that's why I press through so much because... Um, the truth is, is that there's too many people, there's too many things attached to my life that I can't allow my feelings or me wanting to be alone or feel alone. I can't drag others in. And though everything in me wants to hide away and allow stress and anxiousness to be king, I'm going to focus on the real king and push forward and tell my circle that I'm. they need to pray for me so they can believe for me for big things, so they will check on me and make sure I'm good. See, we're all in this together, or I wouldn't be doing this. We are all pioneering kingdom stuff together, and together is the only way we're going to thrive in hard wilderness seasons. So don't let the enemy catch you alone. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to catch you alone, whether you're alone at work in your head, whether you're alone at home, whether you're driving down the street, whether you haven't talked to your group of friends in a while, whether you stop going to church, whether you're doing that whole, I'm watching church online thing. That's not a thing. Go be in community, guys. God is in the business of family and community and bringing people together, and you need kingdom voices, kingdom relationships speaking into your life. So let's recap. God doesn't want you to do life alone, but sometimes life will get hard. And when it does, take a minute to step away and seek God. Being alone with God is awesome. Being alone with yourself, not so much. So get some accountability. Talk to your boss. Talk to your friend. Talk to your boss. No, no, your pastor, maybe, I don't know, a family member. Just don't get caught alone. In, uh, the enemy is like a gold medalist and walking people towards forbidden things when they're all alone. You don't even realize it. One moment you'll be having a convo and then boom, there's shame and nakedness and an eviction notice. Also, just for clarity's sake, questioning what God has said isn't bad. Wrestling with what God asks us isn't wrong. It actually builds our faith and causes us to seek his will and road for us. So if you are feeling alone, talk to God. He's big enough to deal ugh, with all of our crazy, with all of our feelings of wanting to go watch Netflix. And um, just don't stay alone. You can have a moment, um, but you can't stay there. 
Okay. Well, that's all I got today. So uh, thank you so much for listening, by the way. Can I just say thank you for making this season launch one of the biggest season launches ever? Um, This was a really big week for the podcast. And so even though some things have kind of sucked, a lot of freaking things have been amazing. So let's not lose perspective that even though... When life gets hard, God is still God and he is still moving on our behalf and he is leading us and moving us forward. And um, yeah, so anyways, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making me part of your world. Oh my God, I just quoted Disney. Oh my God, what a tragedy. Anyways, it really means a lot. So keep your heads up. Let's stay connected on social. Um, Oh, be on the lookout for the Audible in the Nomad Bible Study that is coming out soon. Um, And then if you haven't caught up with the podcast, I mean... At this point, I don't know what to tell you. All right. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys next week. Love you, weirdos.